Hi, I'm Marianne Talkovsky, and you're listening to the Humanity Speaks podcast. With over a decade of experience as a holistic health practitioner and face reader, I've read hundreds of faces and elevated how many people see themselves. Every person's facial features tell a story of who they are and who they came to be. And in this podcast, you will hear what people see and learn about themselves while looking in the mirror. You won't want to miss an episode, so be sure to subscribe. Benjamin Fox, an astrologist, husband, teacher, and friend, is a man living a life of healing, purpose, and meaning. You will be drawn in as he shares his pure heart with authenticity. His story invites healing through the work we do inside. Listen to the end as Benjamin shares what he acknowledges humanity needs most. It's so good. So today we're here with Benjamin Fox. We're going on episode 13 of Humanity Speaks. I'm really, really excited to have you here. Thank you so much for saying yes to being a guest. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for inviting me, Marianne. Yes. And and just a little background on how I met you. So, uh, Benjamin, you and Lori Deshar, your partner, hosted a... um, it was it was an acupuncture um, well not just for acupuncturists right there were other other practitioners exactly yeah we call it an alchemical healing mentorship which is a program that Lori and I have offered for the past thirteen years so um, yeah that's how we originally met yeah and there was a lot of embodiment and what really intrigued me about it was the five elements. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't continue the program throughout the year due to traveling, um, some, some things that um, had come up. But I did continue with you in reading, you, you read astrology. Yes, I'm a professional astrologer and we've done a, at least two sessions on your chart, I believe. Yeah. Three. 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 Three, three total. Yes. Okay. Great. It's part of my annual birthday gift to myself. <laughs> yeah. It's a good it's a good thing to do at one's birthday. It's a good yes. check in at the birthday. Yeah. I always look forward to it and I love the way that you read. Um it's you know, you just have a very gentle yet insightful approach and you're very inquisitive, such a great listener. And there's a lot of things that I see in your face that we'll we'll touch on. I'm very, I'm very curious about that. What you see in my face, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about what you see in your face. So, um, my format, I normally have people take a look at their reflection and they look in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and when you, when you look in the mirror, what do you, what do you see for the listeners that can't see your face or haven't I, seen your picture yet? Well, you know, I, I see a lot of things actually. Um, my nose is prominent on my face, and the story is that it's my grandfather's nose, my my maternal um, grandfather's nose. Um, I like that it's slightly crooked, um, and it's, it has personality, I feel. So I see that. Um, I see my forehead. It's quite um, high, and you know my hairline has receded quite a bit throughout my life. And then I guess my eyes and my eyebrows, um, I notice all my life people have commented on my eyes um, to me. And when I look in the mirror, I probably don't see them the way other people see them, but people always say that my eyes are very expressive. And I I do see that. Um, Mm -hmm. My eyebrows, interestingly, um, extend down the side of my eyes and i'm curious if there's anything about that in face reading because um i've been told by my mom that ralph waldo emerson is an ancestor of ours and Lori and i have looked up images of him and he had the same eyebrows that i have they they extended down the side of his eyes and uh so anyway those are the things i mostly see in my face that in the lines the wrinkles that are forming <laughs> around, around my your you around my, yeah around my mouth 
Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah. we call those nasolabial lines. So, okay. Right. Right. Yes. Excellent. They're quite, and they're quite pronounced at this stage in my life. Yeah. Which is uh, a beautiful thing. And I'll touch on that as well. So cool. what that means cool. and anything else, when you take a look at full features, full face, when you have a look at yourself in your reflection, what, what comes up for you? You know, this is going to sound a bit narcissistic, but I like the way I look when I look at my face. I feel um, like I like the person that I'm seeing in the mirror. Um, I sort of am sympathetic to everything that he, I have lived through in this life. And um, I feel that that does reflect in my face. And I, um, yeah, it's like a kind of feeling of compassion in a way, like you would feel for somebody else, but I feel it for the guy I see in the mirror too. So Yeah. It, it, and yeah. yeah, it's funny how our culture, we, we're conditioned to think it's narcissistic to like what we see, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah we are. <laughs> I mean, we, we ought to like what we see, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Kind of, it's a kind of healthy narcissism, I would say, if, if it's narcissistic at all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and think about it also, like our bodies don't change as quickly or dynamically as our faces do. So our faces do reflect so much in an instant what our thoughts or feelings are. So even, even from day to day, like from moment to moment and day to day, we can look very, very different. It's true. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So So from a Chinese face reading perspective, because I know you've read my chart three times and I've mentioned studying under a couple of different um, face reading mentors, especially um, Lillian Bridges, who you've right. met. Yep. And yep. I've heard her speak actually at a conference once that I attended, which was kind of very interesting and wonderful. Mm-hmm. So she's so colorful and fun and really, um, I'm so grateful to be in touch with her. Just, you know, she really does bring the, the magic to this medicine, Chinese medicine, as I do believe mm. you and Lori do with mm. the alchemical aspect. And I definitely mm. want to touch on that. Um, with the Chinese face reading, we all come here to experience life and tell a story. Our face tells a story of who we came to be. And the features on our face represent one of three things. So every feature can represent a physical aspect, an emotional aspect, and a time of life. So our face, the map of our face, actually starts for females, it's on the right ear at Mm. um, the very beginning where the ear will connect to your head and then it it just loops around to Mm. the lobe from zero to seven. On a male, it's the opposite, it's the left side, zero to seven. And then... um, you know, vice versa, seven to 14, seven to 14. So I did notice she sent me some photos and I didn't notice too much of any markings or indentations in the first portion or your left ear. But on your right ear, I did notice, I think it was around age 10, there was a significant notch. And typically markings, they can signify not so much what happened to you, but the meaning that that had on you. So hmm. a lot of times in early childhood, it's another sibling arrived or parents separated or there was a move or a new school or um, an illness or something that was very significant. So can you think back on that time? Age 10. Marianne, are you okay with us getting very real here about the real <laughs> my law? I'm sure you are. You're a Scorpio. Yes, right? <laughs> let's do it. So, um, yeah, I was sexually abused as a boy um, for six years. It began at age 10. Wow. And it's been a major, major piece of my life story. You know, healing from that. 
it shaped my life in profound ways. Um, both the experience of it and um, the healing that is ongoing, really, I could say. It's ongoing. I can only it's as, imagine. It's as present as this very week, an incident that occurred that I can, you know, connect back to patterns and coping strategies that were put in place in response to some of that early, early experience. So it's amazing that you can see that in my ear. Like I'm kind of blown away by that. Yeah. And and it was very specifically 10 years old. Like a lot happened at 10 years old. Like a lot happened for me at 10 years old. So was it a conscious and like were you no, were you understanding of what was going on at that time? Or was it most people can feel shock and you know, at that age it's so tender and vulnerable that you're not certain if this is okay or if it's not like yeah I was um you know I was precocious as a boy sexually in a way um but I I was also I think quite confused by everything that was going on and I um I felt very alone and very kind of lost and in a certain way I think quite dissociated from what was happening to me um i did my best to just keep a normal kind of presentation and and um fit in i came from a very large family i was part of a very a large family eight of us six children and um you know there's a lot going on there was a, was a lot of activity there was a lot of alcohol in my family there was a lot of um, violence in my family. And I think I always felt like um, it was a difficult place for me to have uh, incarnated in a certain way. But I did for a reason, obviously, like I believe that, you know, I don't think there's any accidents. And um, so at 10 is when it all, I mean, things were difficult earlier than that, but 10 is when it all kind of started to really amp up. Mm -hmm. And the violence... Yeah, the violence became very much directed at me through an old, through an older brother, you know, in a pretty profound way. Who was the person who was also uh, having sex with me, um, and then retaliating um, afterwards? So, and how old was your brother? He wasn't much older than me, oddly enough. Um, he was only a few years older than me. You know, this has been one of the big questions of my life is why I responded in the way I did to that event. Um, he was um, just a few years older, but he was a much different person. I was much more passive. He was much more aggressive. Um, so that's how it played out. And us. you mentioned coping mechanisms. Can you talk a little bit about those? Um, yeah, I, you know, I became extremely vigilant was the way, you know, you can read about survivors of sexual abuse and some of these qualities, of course, are not, they're, they're known. But yeah, I, I became kind of hyper vigilant in my life about um, performance. Um, you know, I was a straight A student, I was involved in extracurricular activities, like mad like everything i vice president of my class i was in the band i ran track i ran cross country i was on student government national honors you know i just did everything i tried to compensate for some feeling i think inside of um, brokenness you know and there was a part of it that was all also real it's like i you know i was a curious um engaged and sort of spiritually hungry young person so I, I was kind of interested in life from a young age. But there was another part of me that was just, yeah, I think I just always felt very, um, like I didn't quite fit, certainly, within my family. And that then extended out into my life. That's been a big part of my journey, figuring out who I am and how I fit, where I fit, and what what my place in this life is. But I. You know, I'm happy to say that, as I was saying earlier, at 55, I can look in the mirror now and I feel like I know who I am. I know what I'm doing. I know my place in life. And 
it feels good to be able to say that it's taken a lot of work. Yeah, you you mentioned healing. Mm. And even just recently having some kind of reminder of that and even this beautiful book that you've co-written with your partner. Yeah. Well, the it's interesting. Inner work. Yeah, it's interesting, Marianne, because it's the book that actually um, brought up the incident is like the publication of the book and the you know the the pride that I feel like to have accomplished that with Lori. And um you know, there's been like radio silence from my family in in response to the publication of it. And over the Christmas holiday, I was aware of feeling kind of that familiar sense of kind of devastation. It's not so much me as a 55-year-old, but it's like a young part of me that can feel that devastation. Um, at the at the at the radio silence, you know, no no curiosity, no interest, no congratulations. Incredible that you and you know, Lori have done this together. And I've come to expect that in a certain way. Um, I, I, you know, I, I didn't expect much of a different response. And yet there's still a place inside where it kind of, you know, it grabs. And um, so, yeah, I was just noticing it and feeling all of the different feelings around it um, over the last few days. Um, yeah. And it's interesting because the book, you know, I think the subtitle of the book is a guide to turning illness and suffering into true health and well-being. And so, of course, you know, you can't write a book about turning illness and suffering and, you know, places of impasse in a human life. You can't write a book about turning it into health and well-being if you haven't lived through that, if you haven't experienced that. It's not just theoretical. And so it's interesting that even the publication of the very book brings up more kind of inner work to do. Yes. Anyway. Yes. Yeah. But I'm, you know, it's like, bring it on. I, I feel like that's what we're here for. That's what we're yes. doing here. So, yeah. Uh, I, you're, you're speaking on so many things that I know when people here, you know, can relate, if they can relate to these stories, just hearing you share is going to be healing, inviting healing. And, you know, even what you shared about your family and, and the radio silence piece. We, I'm, I know we all can relate to that in some fashion. And yeah. so I'm, you know, I really, really appreciate your vulnerability and your authenticity. And it, it makes me even understand more about what I see in your face huh. with the other features and just the way that you've even, um, so graciously and eloquently told your story the beginning of your story, the beginning of your life and, and how it's impacted you throughout. So, you know, I, I not only see in your ear, but I also see, you know, you mentioned the forehead, your, your mm -hmm. forehead's really broad and, and prominent, very mm -hmm. prominent. And I see that. And what this, what this signifies in Chinese face reading is a couple of things. It's a it's a water feature, and I know you are aware of the five elements. So, for those that are just listening that aren't aware of water, water is the element in Chinese medicine that is very deep. It's like the ocean; you see the surface, but there's so much more going on below. Hmm. And this is the element of innovation, imagination, creativity charisma there's so much here you know it lets me know how much you can be in your head at times um <laughs> big time <laughs> <laughs> like uh, a lot of thinking and a lot of uh, hopefully dreaming because it's a talent of yours to let your creative juices flow so i i also want to mention the intuition so i'm glad that you're in not only astrology but the alchemy of acupuncture and mm. and really touching on that connection to intuition it's it's in your forehead for sure mm. um cool yeah and you mentioned about your your eyebrows the length which i'm glad you pointed that out because the first thing that i was really drawn to when i saw your photo and when i look at you it is your eyes, which 
I will, and then your nose and then your forehead. So I'll touch on, um, those pieces, uh, but your eyebrows, when your eyebrows are as long as they are, they, that represents your ability to nurture long-term relationships. So, you know, those Hmm. that you have long connections with, uh, you know, keep, you already have a talent to keep them close. And never, not everybody has that, you know, um, a lot of times you make connections or you make friendships and you go through different stages of your life and you lose touch. Whereas with you, you can create those long standing bonds. How does that resonate? Very much. Um, there have been people in my life who I've let go, but, um, for various reasons, but I know this about myself that I'm extremely loyal um, in relationships with people. Um, and you use the word nurture. Um, I do nurture relationships that, that mean a lot to me. Um, sometimes to a fault. I mean, I'm not saying I nurture to a fault. I'm saying the relationships that I've had to let go, it wasn't, it's not easy for me to let go of relationships. You know, I will, um, nurture a relationship perhaps beyond the point where it's really serving my life. And I've had to learn to cut ties in places so that I'm not spreading that quality of nurturing so thinly in my life. Um, I'm getting better at that. Yeah. Yeah. But the, but the people I love and the people I'm close to super loyal, it's interesting too, because I see some overlaps between my, aspects of my chart, my astrology chart and things you're saying about my face. So <laughs> I love that. I love yeah, that. It's very cool. It's very well, cool. What's interesting is, you know, um, so metal season, which is about that refinement and it is about just really what's profound, what's meaningful and letting go of what's not serving you in the face map it really does start at, um, there's a gateway on the face that enters into the decade of the forties. And you have a significant line at this break. It's actually in between your, um, eyes across the bridge of your nose. I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but I can see it in your photo. It's a line and it's a a vertical or a vertical or horizontal line horizontal horizontal mm-hmm. line across the bridge uh-huh. and when people have that line it does signify that something really um significant happened in in you entering into your 40s a lot a lot of times people they've either had a divorce or they changed their job or something huge so amazing amazing marianne it's like wow <laughs> do, do, do you want do you want to hear what happened yes yes <laughs> so um i've known Lori. Lori's Lori and i are married we got married in 2012 i've known Lori um since 1996 we were in and out of relationship for the well we were in relationship for two years then we were out of relationship for a number of years and then we got back together again. And when I turned 40 was the year that I, we decided and commit to my relationship with Lori. It was the first time we ever lived place to get all the years we had known each other. So that eventually led to our creating the work that we're now doing together. It also led to our eventually getting married um, seven years later. We took our time. And, um, and so, yeah, it was a huge year. 40 was a huge year. It was, I, I, I often reflect on it as the year that I finally sort of decided I was going to grow up and get my life together. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was doing a lot of running from myself in my 20s and 30s and that was directly connected as i spoke earlier to their early experiences in my family and um 
you know, running from myself, running from my own power, from my own desires, from my own ambition. Um, and not only did I move to Maine to be with Lori, but I changed my name at 40. Um, you know, I was born Neil Benjamin Fox, and I, I always knew Benjamin was my grandfather's name, the grandfather whose nose I believe I, I have. I never met him. He died long before I was born. Um, but I always knew I wanted to take the name Benjamin. Um, I liked that name. And so when I moved to Maine, my, I had to get a new driver's license. And I asked the, the DMV to list my name as N. Benjamin. And they said, we won't, we, we won't do that for you unless you legally change your name. And so I, I did that. I changed my name and, um, to N. Benjamin, which was a, a very funny story. You know, the, 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 the judge in the court where I had to go, he was kind of perplexed. He was this real Mainer kind of very practical <laughs> guy. And he said, you're changing your name from Neil B. Fox to N. Benjamin. He just he couldn't understand. <laughs> but anyway, I, I did it. And it was a major turning point in my life. You know, like name carries so much about your identity. And it was um it, it was a real decision at that point in my life to to enter into a kind of committed piece of healing by staying in my relationship with Lori. Well, you know, anyone who's in a marriage or in an intimate relationship long term knows how much work that can take, especially when you have an abuse history so um yeah that was that was 40 years old that was a really really it's amazing that you can see that in my face it's just astounding wow <laughs> good good work and, and and would you equate that then with a metal quality like like uh, you talked about the metal element because i often Actually, think of my face as reflecting a lot of metal i see a lot of metal in your face as well i see metal and i see water water in the forehead, um, especially cause you've got a roundedness and I didn't really talk about the roundedness piece, but you know, that is wisdom of the ancestors. So if you've got people, you know, um, tracing back to your family, um, of origin that may have had certain talents, you know, um, looking into that and seeing, I, I think you're well on your way where you don't really need to search for that. Um, and that is indicated here in these nasolabial folds, which are called purpose lines, which should mm -hmm. be showing up at age 50. When they're pronounced like this, it, it does indicate that you are living your purpose. You are in alignment with that. Mm -hmm. um, so when people try to get fillers and things like that, especially in, in the time of 50s, they don't understand from a Chinese energetic or metaphysical space, you're actually you know, um, softening what needs to be expressed. It's like you're so, erasing your, your life partner. You're your erasing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And it's the same with Botox with the line over here though, this line that can, uh, that's an earth aspect. Uh -huh. Um, even though it's metal time and, you know, I, I see earth, we all have all of the different elements in, in a spectrum, you know, um, in your mm -hmm. face, I definitely see the earth in your eyes. Um, and I'm mm -hmm. looking at your, your picture right now. Um, so, right. so in your eyes, there's a couple of things I wanted to, to mention. Um, you know, you have, your eyes are a little narrow and small and that indicates that you can be very observant and calculating, which hmm. I've experienced that in astrology <laughs> readings mm -hmm. with you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Now at the same point in time, there's what's called peach luck, which is the way the Shen shines through. Mm -hmm. And each of the elements has a version of peach luck, the magnetism. So with earth, it's supportive. So when people mm -hmm. look at you, you have this tendency to let them know they are supported. They are held. They are loved. There's this kindness and this warmth that really reflects through your eyes. There's a little tiny bit of directness, which is wood, just a little tiny bit. And that's the focus that I see uh, in this photo. But really, it's the earth piece that I'm, I'm seeing here. And then, um, yes, kindness and warmth, I, I definitely wanted to mention then you've got a little bit of a downturn of the lids that cover the iris um, and, and over your eyes. 
Um, and this can signify that you have been kind to a fault, which you had touched on that, you know, nurturing your relationships. So, um, there's fairness and, and objectivity as well when the iris covers, but the nurturing piece, just being aware, you know, like of those tendencies and, you know, leaning into your metal, you know, of letting go of what doesn't serve you or knowing, you know, there's that balance between giving and receiving and, you know, mm. um, with that's, the earth element. Yeah. That's very interesting. I, I feel like that downturn in my eyes has actually increased in my life. So maybe I need to really work on that issue because I think if we looked at pictures of me when I was younger, my eyes were like they were wider, more open than they are now. Um, People used to talk about my eyes as being like cow eyes, like very large brown eyes. And I I noticed that like kind of downturn now. So it's interesting to learn what that's about in face reading. It's really, it's like a good kind of, you know, just like a little wake up kind of call. Yeah. Yeah. I do love your nose as well. It is a strong nose. It's, you know, it, it tells me there's some great business acumen. Uh, when I see a, a slant or a tilt or um, any kind of crookedness, sometimes I ask um, if you people or if, you, if you've experienced back pain. Do you happen to have any back issues at all? I have had back issues in my life. I'm not they're not um, chronic, but I've had. Um, times in my life where I've had back issues. Yeah. Yeah. Is that indicated by that crookedness? Yeah. Is it around almost like the thumb, uh, thoracic lumbar region, like that middle back to low back area? Is that where you've had it or? Yeah. Yep. That's exactly where I have it. I've got a kind of ongoing issue in the thoracic region, like, um, and then I've had low back stuff as well. Um, and it's, you know, it's like ancestral also. Like the back stuff is also like in other people in my family. So yeah. I do a lot of yoga, so it helps a lot with that. I'm, Loosen I that up. Stay, stay with my yoga practice, yeah. Yeah, and, and your chin, you have a beard, which is um, a nice um, way to soften the water feature. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do see still kind of like a squaredness um, and a little bit of fleshiness. So it's wood and earth over the water feature. But what that tells me, your chin, it's it's nice and strong. The resourcefulness, the tenacity, mm. and the determination to get through challenges, mm. to get through obstacles, to get through, you know, um, I mean, everything you've shared so far already, mm. the the strength and the will. Yeah. It's it's very affirming to hear all of this, Marianne. It really is. Um, my face is quite angular, wouldn't you say? Is that, yes. Is that which a, is, is metal? That's the metal. It's metal. Yeah. In. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, as I mentioned, I do see you know the intuition from water, and and the creativity and the the warmth in in the in your eyes, earth, mm. and then all of these angles, the metal, which you're actually in metal season of your life, which is Mm -hmm. all about what matters most, what's important, what's meaningful, what's profound. How do, how, when does the metal season of one's life extend from what age to what age? It's, it's that gate where you entered forties. Wow. And then the Chinese say that after you turn 60, you live a whole life cycle and you start all over again, face map, you're still going into metal season, even through the sixties, seventies. And it's that time where you're looking back on your life and you know, you you know, like that it's, it's your life's shortened. It's not as long as when you were young. Right. So you are aware that things are a lot more precious. They're a lot more. um, Yeah. It's like the poignancy of life, the preciousness of life, the meaningfulness of life. Yes. Those things that we associate with the metal element. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, 
and alchemy. I mean, metal, metal yeah. is the alchemist, you yeah. know? So, yeah. um, I was reading it in your, at the beginning of the book, it was, um, made mention. I think Lori had said something about how to live a spiritually meaningful life. And it was just in the very beginning, which really drew me in. So I, I'm really curious what, what you feel or how you feel about answering that, how to live, how to, li- how to live a spiritually life. meaningful life. Um, yeah, sure. I'd love to talk about that. I think for me, um, it has a lot to do with connection, um, connection to oneself and connection to others. Um, I think also it's for me, um, you know, I was raised religiously early on Catholic um, and strayed from that kind of spiritual teaching when I got to college. But I've always had, um, I would say, a passionate curiosity to understand what makes us who we are, what drives us, what what life is all about, you know, and how it informs each of our individual lives as well. So how do we live a spiritual, meaningful life? I think for me, it's a lot about knowing myself, you know, really, really cultivating a capacity to know myself from the inside um, and to to believe or understand that even those experiences in our life that feel difficult or that cause us to suffer that on some level there's meaning to them um, they they are you know, I don't know that we necessarily have the answers to what that meaning is. Maybe when we die, it'll become all very vivid to us. I like to think that it will. Um, but it doesn't, I think it's important to keep asking the questions. So maybe part of living a spiritual, meaningful life is to stay really curious, like to keep asking questions and being interested in what we discover in response to those questions. I don't know if that answers the question. It's a long-winded answer, but I I love that answer because that's that's the medicine for water, curiosity. Uh, is it? <laughs> it is. It's and really interesting how much water shows up through this um, because I don't think of myself as a very watery person in what I've understood about Five Element through my work with Lori over the years. You know, water is probably the one element that I feel I have the most difficulty accessing. So it's really kind of reassuring and affirming to hear you talk about the way it shows up in my face. I can begin to reframe how I relate to that element. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm a very contemplative person. And I guess you would associate that with water. You know, I spend a lot of time just contemplating life. And I guess that would be a, a water quality. Yes. And listening, being yeah. the deep listener that you are, the depths of how you feel and what you share. And I I love, love discovering people's stories, like listening to people. And I think we share that actually, Marianne, from what I know of you. You know, I mean, it's fascinating to me to hear a human being's story and to and to discover and learn how people make meaning out of these lives we live. It's just, it's endlessly fascinating to me. You know, it's the most fascinating thing to me in a way. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. And and that's another piece of metal because you're right. There is a lot of metal in your face and your nature. And I, I do want to touch on how um, the medicine for metal, from my understanding, is acknowledgement. 
Mm. And so what you mentioned looking in the mirror and acknowledging who you see, that's that's medicine for you. The the unhealthy expression of metal, as you're most likely aware, is criticism and perfectionism and Mm-hmm. So as you mentioned, living that spiritually meaningful life is to ask questions and to know who you are. And yeah. I want to reflect that back to you. I, um, I'd i love to ask you a few more questions about, you mentioned Lori a couple of times, and I'd love to hear who she is to you. I, 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 I know Great. she's your partner, but like. Yeah. Well, Lori, Lori Deshar, D-E-C-H-A-R, you see her name on the cover of the book um yes she's my wife she's my life partner she's my soulmate i guess we would call it that and and, um we met at a workshop um back in 96 it was called the body sacred and it was a workshop that explored the interface of spirituality and sexuality and the whole realm of relationships and at that time in my life, in my I was in my early 30s, I was pretty much identified as a gay man, you know? I mean, I had always known that I was bisexual, but I was kind of afraid of relationships with women. You know, women were scary to me. Um, the commitment, I think, was the thing that was most scary. And somehow it was easier to be um, non-committal with men. Um, I'm sure there's lots of people out there who will attack me for that, but um, (laughs) for saying that. Um, But for me, in my experience, that was my experience. Like I said, I was doing a lot of running from myself. I met Lori and, you know, Lori's a quadruple Aries um, for, for people who don't know astrology, her sun, her moon, she has two other planets in the sign of Aries and Aries is a very, courageous it's not afraid to take a risk it's and it's very um pioneering and kind of activating you know it's a very it's fiery sign not afraid to go after what it wants and um so Lori and i met at that work weekend workshop there was a very clear kind of spark that happened uh, i didn't know quite what to make of it but that was the beginning of our relationship um as I mentioned earlier, when I was finally that, you know, at age 40, I committed to moving in with Lori, to living with her. And there's just so much, you know, to our story. I mean, we, Lori's an acupuncturist and she's a, a trained in psychotherapy and she's written uh, a number of books on the, using Chinese medicine specifically to work with psycho spiritual or psycho emotional issues in the treatment room. Um, And when I moved to Maine to be with her when I was 40, that was the year that her first book, Five Spirits, was published. So I moved there right on the, you know, right as that book was coming out into the world. And given who I am, being very early and very nurturing and very, very good at holding all the pieces together. I mean, I'm just masterful at that. Lori at that time was offering a, a small mentorship program to some graduate students of the acupuncture college with at in New York City to her, you know, I'm really good with organization. Why don't we turn this mentorship into something bigger and, and involve more people? You can teach. I can do all the logistics. Anyway, that was the birth of the alchemical healing mentorship. It has taken on a life of its own over these last 13 years. And the book is really, the publication of this book, The Alchemy of Inner Work, is a culmination of that program, you know, putting the content, the curriculum of that program into a book. The publisher was very um, adamant that the book needed to be accessible to a broader audience than just practitioners. So... Lori had a difficult time with that aspect of writing it. She tends to write in a more, in a voice that's more geared towards professional people. So she asked me to come on board to help with the editing, to make it more accessible to to, to lay people. And so it became very much a joint effort. Um, And 
challenged our relationship, but also strengthened our relationship in a pretty profound way. And, um, and now, yeah, January 1st, it is, um, they said January 1st was the release date, but I'm noticing that Amazon's shipping it to people now. So you got your, you got your copy. Yeah. Yeah. It's come, it's out there. Yeah. (laughs) I have your love child in hand. (laughs) You you have our love child. Yeah. If you, I don't know if you went to the back of the book and read the acknowledgements, but if you read the acknowledgements, there's a lot about our story in, in those acknowledgements. So you'll, you can, if I missed any of the pieces, you can catch them there. I love yeah. that. Yeah. So with new students coming on board to, or being introduced to your work, what, what would you like them to know? Well, I would love them to know that we'd love them to join the conversation. You know, Lori and I are very interested in exploring a conversation about healing at this time, you know, on the, on the planet, you know, for ourselves as individual, as individuals, for ourselves within community, um, for the planet itself. Um, There's just so much healing. I mean, even in politics now, we hear President-elect Biden saying that, you know, we are tasked with healing the soul of the country. And I do believe we are. I mean, and I think that that healing is going to require each of us on an individual level to do our own inner work, our own healing work. I think that's the only way it can really happen. Um, so we'd love for people to join us. Um, you know, our, our website is anewpossibility.com. And over these past months, this year, actually, because of COVID and the time that it allowed, we, we created a whole new platform with a community network. Um, we welcome people to check it out. Come join us. We'd love to just stay in conversation. I mean, I feel very strongly about that, Marianne, that each of us has something to bring to that conversation. And so I'm like, what really lights me up is the network of bringing people together so that we can support one another, so that we can um, expand our understanding and expand the conversation we're having about healing. you know, Western medicine has a kind of particular viewpoint about what it means to be healthy and what it means to heal. And I think Lori and I, in our work and the people who work with us, are coming from a somewhat different position where we're really focused more on the health of the soul as a foundational necessity for a meaningful and a person, you know, a purposeful life that, that the soul needs to be attended to, Um, not just the symptomatology that presents. Um, And maybe the symptomatology, of course, is a window into the soul, what's happening at the level of the soul. So that, I think, kind of gets at what what we're up to. I love that. And, And so not just practitioners? Not just practitioners. I mean, anyone who's really interested in their own healing, Anyone who's interested in, um, yeah, I would say certainly professionals who are who have practices and are helping other people through their healing profession are welcome, and we and we love to have um, practitioners on board in the community. But really, anyone we you know we have a monthly Zoom meetup for the whole extended community that's open to anyone to talk about issues around healing, ask questions about the book, about what we do. Um, and that's open to anyone. You don't have to be a, a professional to, to join that. Um, and you touch on five elements as well in that? Yeah. Lori, of course, Lori's acupuncture training um, was in the five elements. She studied five element acupuncture. So um, that infuses in a certain way the work that she does. I mean, her work has expanded beyond a kind of strict um, five element model. Um, but the five spirits are uh, her own original work with the five spirits is also part of what she brings to the conversation. Um, you know, the five spirits being the Taoist equivalent, you could say of the chakra system, you know, how the Taoists 
um, Lori can speak much more eloquently about this than I can. <laughs> but but that's what the five spirits are. In her book, the five five spirits, you know, beautifully um, addresses that whole system within Chinese medicine. Um, yeah. So and we we have courses um, at the network as well. Some are CEU courses for professionals, but we're developing courses um, that are also meant to serve people who are not necessarily uh, professional healers, just lay people. So we'll have more and more courses. Yeah. And we're inviting, like, I'll invite you. (laughs) Yes. Inviting professionals, people who have participated in our mentorship program and have, have, you know, been in the work for some time with us, either individually or Mm -hmm. through that program, we're inviting those professionals to also create courses on our platform which is beginning to happen and that's really exciting so it's not just me and Lori; it's other professionals who are in this body of work with us um yeah i love it you're growing yeah we're growing yeah definitely growing it's been a growth year despite the pandemic (laughs) well i have two final questions for you benjamin the first question is given everything you've shared and, and our conversation here, I always ask this question. What, what do you think humanity needs most right now? It's a great, great question. Um, I think, you know, hearkening back to what I've said throughout this conversation, I feel that what humanity needs most is for more of us to cultivate an inner life. Um, And by that, I mean, there's so much emphasis in our culture on the extroverted presentation of who we are. And there's a place for that, of course. But there's, and there's so much at this point in time, like you can see on social media, there's just so much division and so much finger pointing and so much finding fault with everything, you know? Um, I think we would all benefit, you know, it's sort of, it's sort of like, for me, that attitude feels like a very warring attitude, you know, that kind of finger pointing, warring attitude. Um, I feel like if more of us could cultivate and be interested in our reactivity, you know, in our own um, impulses, and sort of do a bit more like self introspection, knowing ourselves at a, in a deeper way, less finger pointing. I I think the world, the planet, humanity, all beings would benefit greatly from that. <laughs> Yes, they need your book, The Alchemy of Inner Work. <laughs> let me let, let us hope that our book will <laughs> in some small measure offer um, you know, it offer what it has to offer. Yeah. I mean, it, we all have to show up for this work, man. It's a monumental task. So <laughs> may our book do its part. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. So last question I have, I always like to circle back. Um after our conversation and 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 um having a chance to really reflect when you look in the mirror now if you have your mirror or if you whatever you're looking at in terms of your reflection what what do you see yeah i'm looking um i'm looking and just sort of taking in my reflection i see um I see a man who is very sensitive and who cares deeply about um, life. I think in brief, that's what I mostly see. Um, In a certain way, Marianne, you know, this conversation with you has been something of a little bit of a coming out. I mean, Lori and I very consciously talked about our relationship in the book, in the alchemy of inner work. People who know me closely know the story of my life, know 
about my sexuality, you know, know that when I married Lori, it was like a huge decision because earlier in my life, I, I, I was very kind of adamantly opposed to the whole concept of marriage as a construct. You know, I was, I, I thought human beings needed a new way of being in relationship. Community has always been like this ideal that I've held. So it was a big decision for me to get married and to commit to my relationship. And um, when I look in the mirror now, I see a person who has grappled with a lot of like, of his own complexity. You know, I, I, yeah, I, I've, I've never been a person who wanted to fit neatly into boxes, but it's not, sometimes life is easier if you let yourself live in a box. I just couldn't. I'm a double Aquarian for what, for, for what it's worth astrologically. Aquarius is the sign of the Zodiac that really needs to find its own path, you know, its own truth. Um, so yeah, I see a guy who's, who's kind of grappled with a lot of his own complexity and is still grappling with it. it it's funny that you mentioned that because the complexity just in that statement of in the beginning, you mentioned you never felt like you belong. And then mm. now it's, you don't want to fit into a box. That, mm. <laughs> and I love the acknowledgement there that you're good <laughs> seeing good, good that. Answer. <laughs> Good observation. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do we find belonging um, um, and not necessarily um, squeeze ourselves into boxes? So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I so appreciate you coming uh, to this episode and giving me your all. I really felt that really felt 100% from you and you're sharing your, your vulnerability, your work, mm. your healing, um, and your life. It's yeah. such an honor to even just get a snippet of it because there's more to that complexity that we can't fit into Sure, 60 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, Marianne, I, I want to really thank you because you, hold a space and you create a space that allows for the kind of vulnerability and honesty that I brought. I, I know that about you and it's a really beautiful quality in you. And I know that you're, you're doing that in your life in various ways. So I'm, I'm grateful to you for including me and giving me an opportunity to have this time with you today it's been really um, if you were here meaningful. i would kiss you thank you so i know much. i wish we could hug <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, right. well, thank you so much benjamin thank you thank you for listening to the humanity speaks podcast with the rise of social media engagement and video conference calls, many people are feeling more self-conscious about seeing themselves face on. I believe that if you love yourself when you see yourself, you elevate humanity, which is why I've created programs to help people love who they see in the mirror. I wanna show you how to look at yourself with love, compassion, and acceptance, so you can share your strengths, presence, and talents with pride. The best part is we can work together one-on-one -on -one in a group program, or even in person. Simply visit MarianneTelkovsky.com or follow me on Instagram at MarianneTelkovsky and we can get started right now on your path to radical self-acceptance, healthy aging, and building your radiant energy. Until next time, signing off, this is Marianne Telkovsky with Humanity Speaks.